Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to another episode of Scary, a paranormal podcast. I'm your host, Will, and each week I narrate your real-life paranormal encounters. But before we get into this week's episode, I want to say a special thank you to our new Patreon subscribers, who are Mary Lothian, Matt Dobbs, Claire, Danners466, Gemma Payne, Laura Tilly, Jay, Babs Lafford, Joanne Vine, and Anjali Johnson. I'm pretty sure I butchered some surnames and maybe some first names there. Thank you all for signing off to the Patreon. As always, if this is something that you're interested in, you can find the link to the Patreon in this episode's show notes or simply go to patreon.com forward slash scary a paranormal podcast where you'll get access to ad free main episodes and exclusive Patreon only episodes of scary. A brand new Patreon episode will be out this Friday, so keep an eye out for that. But now let's get into this week's encounter. My paranormal experience happened a number of years ago when I was in my late 20s. I've only ever told my experience to my now wife, who introduced me to this podcast and ultimately convinced me to send in my experience. Back in 2007, I was house sharing with two friends when our then landlord told us that we'd have to move. He said that he wanted to sell the house and gave us two months for us to find new accommodation and be completely moved out of the house. Luckily for my two friends, it wasn't a problem whatsoever. One was moving to Canada and the other was moving to Australia. And they both decided that they'd just move home for the last month or two before they actually went. But for me, it meant that I'd have to find a room somewhere else, which isn't a big thing, but I'd never lived with strangers before. 
I'd always managed to live with friends or family. Back then, the search for a room wasn't too difficult. And after a few days of searching, I managed to find a single room that was in my budget and was in a great location. It was close to my job and also pretty close to the city centre. It was the best of both worlds. Weirdly, I didn't meet the other housemate until I had moved into the apartment. All my dealings had been through the landlord himself. But I eventually met Greg, who was the other guy that was living in the house. And when I say house, it was really a flat. Two flats within one house. We had the ground floor, and upstairs lived two girls that I never met. But I'd just hear them come in, sometimes in the hall, and pass by our door. And quickly scurry up the stairs. Greg was definitely a bit odd. He'd spend a lot of time in his bedroom, I think playing online games. Our bedrooms were pretty close together near the back of the house and I'd hear him on his keyboard late into the night. The walls in the flat were paper thin. And the whole internal structure of the flat gave off this vibe of amateur builder. Parts were cobbled together. In the hot press, a stone wall at the back of the cylinder gave you these glimpses of what the original house looked like. But you could definitely see that there was a story to the house and everything that surrounded you was built on top of it, if that makes sense. Both of our bedrooms lay at the back of the house and you would have to walk down this very narrow hallway to get there. And I instantly hated that corridor. I hated it for a number of reasons. The first one was that it was absolutely freezing. The whole house was cold, but that hallway was icy cold. I used to have to put towels underneath my bedroom door to stop the draft blowing in. A draft that source I could never find. Having moved into the flat in the summer, I was completely unaware of how cold this place was going to get in the winter. Another reason why I hated this hallway was the light switch for the hallway was at the start of the hallway if that makes sense which meant you would have to turn off the light switch and walk in the dark down to your bedroom using the using the walls as a guide before you got to your room after a couple of months of living in the house i began feeling really 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 tired i'd wake up not feeling refreshed whatsoever. And a couple of times I fell asleep in work, which was something that never happened to me before. And after this continued for a couple of weeks, I decided to make an appointment with my doctor to see if I needed to get my bloods checked. And that was the starting point of all of this. 
I had my blood work done and everything came back normal. Uh, the doctor quickly put it down to stress, but I didn't feel stressed in any way and I think it was just his way of fobbing me off. But this tiredness still continued. And what didn't help in all of this was my housemate who I quickly came to realise was a complete night owl. He would think nothing of getting up in the middle of the night, making loads of noise as he walked down the hallway, going to the kitchen and start cooking, turning up the TV. We'd have a few arguments about the whole thing, but he was very pig-headed and say, yeah, no problem, I'll be quieter, I'll be quieter. And within a couple of weeks, it'd be back to the same thing again. And that's what I put all this tiredness down to. I was convinced that even the times that I didn't fully wake up, that Greg was making noise in the house and it was causing me to come out of a deep sleep or something. The good thing was that Greg wasn't around on Fridays, Saturdays or Sundays. Every weekend he'd go back to his home place and it meant I had the place to myself which was amazing. Did the tiredness get any better on those days? Absolutely not. After a number of months I started developing sleep paralysis. Something I know now is that sleep paralysis comes in many forms and mine started with the classic not being able to move your body but being what you would call awake. But that's the thing, you're not really awake. You're semi-conscious. The first time it happened to me was the most terrifying experience I have ever had in my life. I woke up feeling that I could not move anything in my body. I was in the house of my own and I thought that something serious had happened to me in the night time, leaving me completely locked into my body. And after probably a few minutes, which felt a lot longer, I eventually was able to move my body and spent the rest of the morning traumatized by the whole event. These episodes would continue to happen every now and then over a period of months. And eventually I learned to gain some control over them. I wouldn't panic as much. And I learned that I could move my pinky finger and eventually move the finger next to that and the one next to that. And eventually I'd be able to open and close my hand and move my forearm and so on and be able to wake up my body faster instead of just lying there paralyzed. It was something that I was able to report to my doctor and tell him about another weird symptom, the tiredness, this sleep paralysis, but he didn't have any answer. And so I continued on with my life, just thinking that this was another weird facet to my brain. And then the sleep paralysis changed. I started having these nightmares. Within them, I would nearly always be talking to somebody, anybody, but I couldn't fully open my eyes. I could only open them halfway. It was like your eyelids were extremely heavy. 
you couldn't fully see the person you'd only be able to ever see maybe their torso down so I wouldn't be able to see people's faces or find my way around rooms if I had a dream about being in a house or it was just so horrible and I'd end up panicking ultimately becoming semi-conscious and find myself in this weird new sleep paralysis state where I could now kind of move my body but still had these heavy eyelids and couldn't fully open my eyes and that's when I first started to see this blurry figure in my room. I'd become fully conscious and then this figure would go. This is something that is very common with people who suffer from sleep paralysis. They see figures or demons or weird creatures, something that your brain has conjured up in this weird state. And that's exactly what my doctor told me. He ended up sending me for a sleep study and the results came back normal. Looking back, I now know that that was the first sighting of this ghost or entity that was in the house. I had mentioned before about how the hallway in the house was quite long and narrow. And in the night times when I'd grab a snack and bring it back to my room, I'd sometimes bump into Greg. At the end of the hallway was his bedroom and if he was walking towards me in the hallway, I'd see his silhouette because he'd leave his bedroom door open so he could see up the hallway. Again, there was no light switch at that end of the hallway. One night, whenever I grabbed a snack from the kitchen, I was coming back to my bedroom and turned off the light switch and was making my way down the corridor when I heard Greg coming towards me. I was a bit annoyed because he hadn't left his bedroom door open so there was no light in the hallway and I didn't want to bang into him. So I started saying, you should have left your door open, I can't see you, and kind of making light of it in a weird way. But he didn't respond at all. And I felt somebody pass me, like physically felt them brush off my arm and stuff. Not just a gust of wind, it was like a physical had to move out of the way of somebody and rubbing shoulders, you know. And when he passed and I was just about to reach my room, the door opened to his bedroom and out came Greg. When this happened, I turned around immediately and looked back up the hallway to see who I had just passed. But there was nobody there. So I said to him, do you have a friend staying over? And he said, no. And then I said, well, there's somebody else in the apartment then because I just passed somebody in the hallway. I thought it was an intruder. So the two of us went back up to the living room in the kitchen. There was absolutely nobody there. Checked the bathroom, nobody. Checked the front door, completely secure, locked. There was nobody else in the flat. That night I was really freaked out and took me ages to fall asleep. The next morning, got up, had my shower, went to work. It was a Friday so I knew I'd be coming back to an empty flat. I will admit I was a little bit spooked going back there on my own so I convinced friends from work to 
come back and have a few drinks in the house because I didn't want to go back there on my own. Of course, I didn't tell them anything. I mean, who's gonna want to come back to a haunted house to have a few beers? We grabbed the takeaway and in total, I had three beers. And I can say this with confidence because we had bought a six pack and shared them. He had three, I had three. After he'd gone, I ended up watching a film and went to bed. At around 3 a.m. I woke up to this noise that was coming from the kitchen and completely freaked out. I slowly made my way up to the kitchen to see what was going on. And when I got up there, the sounds were becoming a bit more clearer. And you could hear the noise of cutlery being thrown around or dropped on the floor. And sometimes it sounded like it was being thrown against the wall and I remember kind of steadying myself and thinking okay there's somebody in this room I need to confront them built up the confidence burst into the room and caught a spoon that was in mid-air fall to the ground all over the floor was all our cutlery absolutely thrown everywhere I remember cleaning up the mess that had been created by somebody else other than me and just trying to make sense of everything. I knew that nobody else was in the flat. I knew that my friend had gone home and I knew I wasn't drunk. It's 3am and who are you going to call? Hey, there's cutlery all over the floor. My house is haunted. Nobody's nobody's going to take you serious or, well, at the time, at least I didn't think they would. From there, things got even worse. On the Saturday, I was hearing these very, very, very faint knockings. that you could put down to noise traveling from other parts of the building, maybe upstairs, maybe even next door. Very faint thuds. These thuds every now and then were so strong that they'd rattle a picture that hung on my bedroom wall. I ended up going into the city for the day because the noise was kind of annoying. Did I think it was paranormal at the time? No, definitely not. It sounded exactly exactly the same as somebody maybe putting a shelf up next door or you know hammering into the wall constructing something I don't know but I did think that whatever had thrown our cutlery all over the floor was paranormal and so while I was in the city I went into a church and got some holy water to bring home that's all I could think of what to do sprinkle some holy water around place and hope that all this would stop. So while I was making dinner, I went around the whole flat and sprinkled holy water in the hallway, the sitting room, kitchen, bathroom, my bedroom, everywhere. That evening I had decided not to go out and I think my reasoning behind that was because I didn't want to come home to the flat late at night in the dark. It was somehow better if I had been there in the evening time. Try and make it as cosy as possible, watch a film, keep all the lights on. At some point I woke up around 12am to the sound of a door slamming shut. 
I got up from the couch and went to the hallway to see where this sound had originated from. And when I got to the door of the living room, I looked down the hallway, which was fully lit. I left the light on earlier. There was this man standing there by the door of my bedroom who opened it and walked inside. This man was about six foot tall. He wore this really dark jumper, like a bottle green, really dark bottle green, and a dark grey pants with these black shoes. He looked directly at me and I can still see his face. He just stared at me as he put his hand on the door handle to my bedroom and walked right inside. And the funny thing is, is that I knew he wasn't physical. I knew he wasn't an actual person. I instinctively knew and had this really, really strong gut feeling that he was a spirit. That night I closed the living room door and slept on the couch for for the night. The next day, in the daylight, I bravely managed to go down to my bedroom and I packed all my belongings before even ringing a friend to ask them could I stay there. Rang, rang one of my best mates and said that I needed to leave the house. I made up some excuse because I didn't want them to laugh at me. And I couch surfed for a couple of days before I found a new, a new house. I made up some excuse to Greg. I said that some room had come up in the house that I really wanted to move to. It was with some friends and it just suited me better. He probably, he probably thought I was a complete prick. And the tiredness completely went away. And I haven't had an episode of sleep paralysis since. I believe that that man that I saw in the hallway did not want me living there for whatever reason and was causing these problems to happen with me and eventually was getting annoyed that I wasn't, wasn't leaving. Thank you to Andrew for sending in your experience and thank you to your wife Megan who convinced you to send in your experience. It definitely um, sent a shiver down my spine, especially that hallway which I can vividly picture in my mind's eye even though I've never lived there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you're following the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you like what you hear, make sure to leave a five-star review or tell a friend. It greatly helps the show. Join me next time for another episode of Scary.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.